Hey, what's up? Welcome back to the beginner version of episode two. If you are a D&D or a role-playing expert, if you've played before, you can go ahead and skip right to episode two in our podcast feed. But beginners, if you are ready to resume our story, come this way. Last time on Join the Party. Stop me if you've heard this one before. A warlock? It's not my fault you got caught. A rogue. I also have to pull up my pants every couple minutes. And a robot. Tracy always feels great. We're thrown in jail and hired to protect a high-powered man on his wedding day. It's like Suicide Squad, but, you know, not terrible. Can they keep the groom safe before someone or something hurts him? Let's get the party started. at home and owl bear is exactly what it sounds like it is the body of a bear and the face of an owl and is being led in by two kind of handlers who are also wearing the fedopolis crest on them and everyone is shuddered and startled for the second and then everyone starts to clap everyone's like oh like they recognize the owl bear almost and maximilian stands up and says it wouldn't be a party without nessie and everyone is like cheering and drinking and cheersing to this thing. And this owl bear is just like screeching and calling. But it is trained, or at least like being led forward by these trainers who have like a very strong rope leash on it. And they lead it over in front of the dais and they bring it over to that platform. And it kind of like they kind of like signal to it in like kind of a, a arcane sort of hand signals. And it just kind of sits. Why don't you guys make some? I mean, I would cakes. love to make some. Na- you you can't. You cannot. <gasps> nat right. mother freaking twenty. That's our third nat twenty. I think the, our dice are broken. I'm at a fifteen. All right, that was going to be a nature check. That's and Tracy, a fif- sorry, Tracy, you're inside. Nature. You uh, twenty two in that case. This is an. Ex- this is a self aware owl bear. It is very aware of itself. Owl bears are can be trained. Like they have been ridden like in rodeos, and they are have been known to be pets of people who spend enough time trying to handle them. So it is an aware thing, but it has been domesticated as much as you can of an owlbear. Because as people know, owlbears get extremely aggressive and can turn on people whenever, even with all of the training in the world. And its entire body is covered in feathers. It has the body of a bear, but it's all feathers. It's like hair and it's like fur and feathers. Like it's very much like an amalgam of the two. It's like the size of a bear and has a big owl face too. And then the party just kind of like starts up again and um, a a priest kind of of the religion that they have there kind of stands up in front of everyone and says, Before the wedding party continues, I would like to bless the union between the Kikos and the Nectarias in the name of Adama who watches over all our living moments our triumphs and our tragedies, our mundanities and our celebrations. In the name of Adama, who cherishes the living, may you care for each other as we marvel at the love between Owanzo and Gweg and the bond they are forming to each other 
we watch two cities come together as well. For the first time in a millennium, borders will mean so much less in the concentric states than ever before. Love, it seems, will hold us closer than we have ever imagined. In both Fidopolis and Chronopolis, the sounds of joy will echo through the streets and beyond. A bunch of guards open up all of the floor-to-ceiling windows uh, that lead out to the balconies, and the the wind rolls in and everyone is silent for a second and just kind of like is dealing with like the majesty of outside in this late spring day. And you realize that it was cloudy before and the clouds kind of like move off and there's just shimmering stars everywhere. And everyone gasps a little bit and like they feel blessed in the power. Uh, it's like, who knows why, but it's like they feel the power of the God in front of them. And everyone just, like, feels very, like, at peace. And everyone, like, starts, like, really getting into the party. And uh, it just starts getting going. And it's a really good time. Johnny, Anara, do you want to do anything? Because I want to go over to our robot friend, if we can. The eternal question for Johnny, with the with the windows opening and the wind blowing, has that affected the light in the room? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So all your tar- torches have stayed. Um, it is now fully night, though, and everything is very well lit. Well lit any section of the area, uh, any section of the Grand Hall that has uh, shadows or is particularly dark. Yeah, I mean, now that there is a big owl bear, it is definitely casting a shadow of kind of into the corner. So I pull out my book of light and I, I, I tell Max, Max, I love Nessie, you know I do. I have a gift for not only Nessie, but for everyone here. And I do the incantations and I, uh, in my hand, throw some phosphorus in the air and the four glowing orbs appear and combine to become a form of Nessie, of an owlbear, small owlbear, mm-hmm. and sits next to Nessie, illuminating the area around Nessie and just sits there hanging out. Tracy's wonder sensors just light up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can we name this tiny owlbear Nessita? Done. Boom. Great. Uh, and everyone, yeah, all, all the people around that saw it, all the people who saw it just kind of like clap a little bit and Nessie like paws at the light a little bit, but it's okay. It's definitely, it likes it and it likes the fact that it's lit up. Um, Huey, Dewey, and Louie notice what you just did. And they say, uh, hey, Sylvanas, uh, where, where did you learn all that magic? And where's that book? Where'd you get that book? You've always been kind of a... Uh, You've been a real anti-magic sort of guy. You know, I was. I've only learned a few magic tricks, nothing crazy, but just enough to, you know, delight and give wonderment. And I will roll for deception. Yeah, you better. <laughs> Gregina says, uh, Sylvanus, I thought, I thought your name was Johnny. Gregina, it's just a nickname. It's just a nickname. But don't worry about it because I rolled a nat 20 on my deception. <laughs> no, I do not believe you. It really did just it happen. Really, it's I really right did there. see it. It's there. All right. And she says, okay, I, can I call I you am, Johnny? I feel like we've gotten real close here. Gregina, it would be an honor Ooh. if you would call me Johnny. 
so seeing that the uh, that the interaction did not go super south here with uh, with our Johnny Be Good light thought, um, I uh, Inara is going to go back into the kitchen to refresh her tray and to check on Tracy because he seems to be getting along uncommonly well in this social setting. Sure. All right, Tracy, you are stuck to this uh, grumbly halfling. How you How you doing? I'm doing great. <laughs> Tracy's always great. All right, Fabius keeps asking you to grab things, and I want you to make a dexterity roll. All right, here's another ability check. Dexterity is your quickness. Agility, precision, and speed all fall under this category of dexterity. Fifteen. Okay. You are, you're doing a really good job just kind of blindly grabbing up there and grabbing what Fabius needs. Every, he just kind of like is working and cooking and you're waiting around for this stuff. And he's kind of like commanding you. He's like, get the carrots. And like the carrots are up there. And like, get the mice. And like grab the mice over there. And get the seitan. And uh, Tracy's into it. You're just having a good time? The carrots aren't the, his favorite thing. But he, the uh, need to please and impress the head chef has over uh, overshot his his need to not kill vegetables. Nice. Um, and now Fabius says bread, and um, just stares at you and says bread. Uh, I look around the shelf space and I find a pack of Wonder Bread and hand it to him. Um, and he says, "No, get the the." And he puts his head in his hands. He says, "The black bread. Go look for the black bread." And he kind of just kind of points up in a far shelf that you can't really reach just from like grabbing up there. Uh, so I am going to uh, walk over to the shelf and I'm going to grab one of my fellow line clicks along the way and say, "Hi, we're friends now," and grab him by the arm. <laughs> and uh, oh, he no. says, "What? No, what? No!" <laughs> and I uh, walk over to the shelf and I'm going to, without his permission, just climb onto his back. Uh, how much do you weigh? <laughs> Physics still apply in the fantasy world. Put simply, the physicality of your character matters. Giants are big, fairies are small, and a lot of us are in between. Your DM takes that into consideration when resolving conflicts and other biz. 270-something pounds. (laughs) So without letting him know, you kind of scramble up on his back. And here's how I'm going to do this. He can only hold you. I'm going to keep rolling every 10 seconds. And he can only hold you at 10 seconds at a time. Right now, he can hold you. And he's like, what? Oh, uh, and he is just trying to, like, hold you up there. Okay, so uh, quickly, I rolled a perception check of 15. And I'm looking around the shelf and I'm going, black bread, black bread, black bread. Like whispering, asking the black bread to come to me. Sure. Uh, you don't see it in the front. So you kind of stick your hand all the way in there. And as you put your hand through... You feel a sharp pain. It's like something, a very small spear just kind of like stabbed you in the hand. And then you feel another one and another one. And you just took four damage. And as you pull your hand back, you see on them three small froggy animals. These humanoid frogs are just stuck to your hand. And they're hissing at you. Uh, And they're holding these tiny little spears that are tipped with something. And uh, um, at that moment, the line cook that you have who's holding you is starting to buckle. And I say, oh, new friend, let me 
down! <laughs> and, he play, and he collapses. And as that happens, the three frogs jump back into the uh, shelf. And you are now on top of this of this line cook. How do I feel? You feel, I mean, you feel pretty good. Um, you, you definitely see, like, whatever they tip that, th- that spear with, it's kind of, like, on your hand. But, like, you don't feel anything because you're a robot. And why don't you make a perception check? Uh, that's a seven. Yeah, you don't know where where they went. They just kind of like hopped away. Okay, uh, Tracy's gonna like, um, kind of rub his his hand a little bit, and hopefully it will get better. But um, he's he puts his arm on his new friend's shoulder and he says, "Friend, what's your name?" Uh, Jack. Uh, Jack. Thank you. And he walks back over to the head chef, Fabius. Something. And Fabius says, "Black bread," and he holds out his hand without looking at you. And then I run back over to Jack. <laughs> I says, what? And he's still on the ground. Like, you have his nothing. He's, like, just picking himself up. He's like, what? I need black bread. Also, what are those frog things? What frog things? There's some frog things in, on top of the shelf. Is that for a dish? I don't talk to the chef. Black do I, bread. I, I don't. It's right there. It was right in front of you. And the black bread. And there's black bread just, like, kind of in a high shelf right there. Uh, so Inara at this point has gotten into the kitchen to refill her drink tray and sees this commotion happening uh, with uh, with the, the robot and Jack. Um, and I actually have Dark Vision, my character. Some races, like elves or dwarves, have the ability to see in the dark. Environment, just like physicality, impacts your ability to do what you want to do. So lean on each character's strengths in your party to make up for one another's weaknesses. So Nara walks over to Tracy and says, uh, buddy, how you doing? Black bread. Uh, do, do you need it or? I need the black bread. Uh, okay. Wh- where is this black bread? I don't know. I think it's on the shelf up there. Uh, why don't, can I just get onto your shoulder real quick? And, and I'll just, I'll just peer up there and see, see if I can find it. Because it seems like you're making a big commotion right here. There's a guy on the ground. Not really sure what's happening there. And a look of realization comes over Tracy's face and he's like, Oh, I should have done that. Yeah, okay. And then I, I uh, very deftly just throw an R up on my shoulders without even a little bit of ease. Uh, strength, or, why don't you make a strength check and you make a dex check? Here, two characters are working together. Even though they're accomplishing the same goal, they're doing different things in order to get there. So Inara needs to be dexterous while Tracy needs to be strong, meaning that they make different checks. 18. Okay. Uh, I rolled a 19. Sure, great. Anara, you hop on Tracy's shoulders, and... I also say, uh, Anara, there's, watch out for the frogs. They're not, they're very pointy. Okay, buddy, whatever you say. And you, are you looking in the same shelf, in the same shelf that he was in? I'm not gonna, like, stick my hand in there, but yes, I'd like to look in, how many shelves are there, like, in my reach? There are, there's one to your left and one to your right, and Tracy, uh, went in the one on your right. Like you can I guess I don't know that because I just walked into the kitchen. Yeah, but like he kind of like lifted you up into. Okay, I'm just gonna look at look into both shelves and again dark vision, so hopefully I'll be able to see into the shelf. You were kind of looking around. Uh, why don't you make um, why don't you make an investigation check? Because you're looking for something. Fourteen. Sure. I mean, you definitely see some. There's like a little bit of movement back there, and you're with like in some deep shadow. But as you move stuff around, and then it stops. So you're really, you kind of feel like something was back there, but you don't really know. Any black bread? 
Yeah, there's black bread in the left in the left oh, great. shelf. In the okay. left shelf. So I'm gonna grab two loaves and pass them down to Tracy. Sure. Thanks. And I take the two loaves. All right. So I'll hop down from your shoulders then. Nice. Uh, and I uh, I look at uh, Anara and I give her the uh, ring finger and thumb okay symbol again. And she goes to make a thumbs up and then stops and then just just nods and says, "Thanks, bud." <laughs> uh, I walk back over to the head chef and I say, "Black bread." And he he grabs the black bread. Then he kind of stops for a second as he's grabbing the black bread, and he says, where did you find this? On the shelf over there. Which one? Uh, The shelf, the one on the right. Make an insight check. Uh, 18. Yeah, he looks freaked out when you give him the black bread as you are pointing to the shelf. But he's really trying to hide it from you, and he says, okay, uh, why don't... And he kind of, like, furrows his brow for a second. He says, why don't you go over to Charlene and let her give you something else to do? I'm, I'm fine here. Uh, oh, okay. Did you need help with the frog? Why don't you go over to Charlene and ask her for something else to do? Did you need help with the frog legs appetizer? Why don't appetizer? you go over to Charlene and ask her something else to do? But I can help with the frog's legs appetizer. And he walks away. And he walks away. From, from his you. station? Yeah, he walks away from the station oh. and walks into the uh, main hall. He did, which is uh, startling. Because and uh, Charlene sees what what's happening and says, "Chef, chef, what do you, chef?" And he runs after. She runs after him. So as the chef walks away and um, uh, Charlene yells after him, uh, I kind of there's like my eyes kind of get brighter and I'm doing some mental calculations. Sure. And I'm putting everything together in my head and my detective skills that I have uh, long forgotten seem to come back to me. And I seem to realize that there might be a connection between the frog legs appetizer and the chef. After Charlene runs out into the main hall, uh, all the line cooks are very confused and just like are not sure what's happening. And then they all kind of get like a sense of realization on their faces and they all go, oh, no. And they run out after and they run out after them. Oh, no. Uh, So Tracy looks at Inara and is like, should we? Inara shrugs and says, I guess we'll go where the crowd goes. So she uh, downs another glass of the delicious blue stuff, uh, gives one to Tracy and says, come on this way. And they walk out into the hall. Hey, this is Eric. Like any party, sometimes you just need to duck into the kitchen for a while and get some space. And there's always someone hanging out you don't really know. But you feel kinship just because they're hanging out around the fridge. So this is it. Take one of my beers. It's a sour. It's really good. You'll, you'll like it. Uh, Again, I want to tell you more about the Patreon. We love doing this and we want to keep doing it long, long into the future. But we need your support. Hop over to patreon.com slash join the party pod and throw us a few dollars. Now, if you have the ability to do so, think about tier three and tier four. This is big shot stuff. VIP, CEO, BMOC. That is big monster on campus. At $10 an episode, you are a party animal. So along with everything I talked about in the episode before, you get NPC backstories. I'm writing small vignettes about characters that I want to show you a little bit more of. These are NPCs who pop up and have long, rich lives before they interact with our heroes. So I'm writing all of that out for you. It's kind of like our own beginning fanfic trove, like a sourdough starter. You also get to the front of the line in the NPC lottery, meaning I will use your name as soon as possible as a character in this whole rich tapestry. And you get everything we mentioned before, bloopers, my notes, maps, and the weekly blog posts. 
at $20 an episode. You are a party legend, Steve. I'm just going to call you all Steve. Steve sounds like a kind of guy who is a party legend. Steve, you're killing it. You're a legend with everything from before. You get episodes before anyone else. Anyone. Not even me. Brandon is going to send you the episode on the low. And as long as you don't blow us up in the internet, you can feel very, very special. We're also going to all conspire together and give you a personalized reward, something just for you. Maybe you want an outgoing voicemail message from Tracy, or a specialized character sheet for your very own game, or a handcrafted mixtape from all of us on whatever theme you'd like. Whatever you want, within some bounds of taste and reality, we will do. You are a legend, so live like one. One more time, that is patreon.com slash join the party pod. Mbop. Bit up, up, do up. This part, this podcast is dope. And remember, stay for the after party. After every episode, we're going to sit down and discuss what just happened, learn what could have happened, and answer your questions about the game. You can hit us up in like 10 different ways. There is our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram uh, at jointhepartypod. You can hit us up on our website at jointhepartypod.com or email us at hello at jointhepartypod.com. Any questions you want to discuss with us in the after party, anyways, you just want to say hi or tell us we're doing a great job, uh, just hit us up. Uh, That is at jointhepartypod on all the social medias. Finally, this is the part of the show where we shout out a family member of ours to get them to listen to our podcast. So this one is going out to Michael's brother, Johnny. (laughs) Johnny. I know the last time I played D&D with you, I used a pre-rolled drow warlock with negative three strength. And I named him Video James, and he had a voice, like Mickey Mouse, wagered his soul in a card game, and then lost. So it was like, um, hi, I'm Video, I'm Video James! <laughs> oh, oh, no. So, Johnny, uh, I do not apologize for Video James, but you know what kind of insanity can come out of my brain. So please listen to the podcast. Michael is a very twitchy magic user, and it's very great. Also, tell your parents I say hi. They know me, and they like me a lot. All right, let's get back to the party. As they're leaving, Tracy downs the blue stuff, and then uh, he grabs any of the vegetables that haven't been chopped yet, tucks them into his chef coat, and is like, I I got you guys. Why don't you both make uh, con saves for me? 17. 20. Yeah, Tracy, you too. You also get to re-roll something if you feel like it. As everyone starts filing out, um, you see you also see that if you're you're paying attention to the kitchen, right, uh, Johnny B? Always paying attention. So everywhere. you see everyone filing out, and you're it's definitely a little suspicious. But then you hear the band start to like play up, and they're like getting ready. They're doing their whole wedding thing, and one of the bards steps up to like a fantasy microphone <laughs> and says, "All right, it's the moment you're all been waiting for." Get your hands together for the first time, Alonzo Kiko and Greg Nectaria. And these two beautiful men, arm in arm, come bounding in to the hall. And they have the biggest smiles on their faces. They actually look similar, but they have different coloring 
Alonzo has the dark features of his brother, but they're put together in such a way that the sloped nose that Max has, it's just like accentuating the rest of his face. And Greg is just a beautiful blonde man, like in a classic beauty sort of way. And everyone is just like fawning all over them and everyone is applauding and happy and just like happy to see them together. And they go over to their seats at the thrones and they're like waving and smiling to everybody. And everyone is just like applauding and cheering as loud as possibly can. It's like the party has started. You also notice that uh, Greg is wearing like a small crown. It's not really a tiara, but it's like not a full blown crown. Alonzo is wearing this extremely big necklace. It's a circle, and you see the the sun in the middle, and then like on the side you see like a crescent moon is pressed into it. And this necklace is actually is kind of old, and uh, it seems like an heirloom, and it also matches like all of the decor uh, of the Kikos, and it's kind of like jangling against him as he's like doing his wedding thing. Um, but ever they're also wearing like the colors. Uh, Alonzo's wearing like a very a very well fitting purple suit. Thing, and Greg is wearing a similar one in red. And they're, they're kind of like dancing and like the wedding is like finally happening and everything is starting to ramp up and it's party time. So what are all the line cooks and chefs doing? Are they just like watching the entrance? Yeah, they were, and they're applauding Got and it. they also know they're like that's their cue to like dinner is going to be served very shortly. So are they going back in to like finish up? Yes, right. Okay. And as soon as like the applause stops, they like go back inside. So, so Tracy, do you want to go back into the kitchen or do you want to like stay out here, help me monitor the situation? Like what's going on? I'm gonna go back in the kitchen and uh, try to try to make up with my with my Batali friend. So I'm I'm gonna grab another tray of drinks from uh, another the same actually uh, server who walked by again. I give her my empty tray and take her full tray. Uh, I imagine she's not super pumped about that, uh, but I'm gonna keep kind of walking the perimeter and trying to see uh, if anyone you know sketchy is going to kind of lurk by the throne or or look kind of intimidating. That sounds great. Uh, Johnny. Johnny uh, has been hanging out uh, around Max. Uh, presumably also the the, the, the trio Nectarians, uh, Huey, Dewey, and Louie have been hanging oh, out God, as well. I forgot. Oh, they are. Yeah. <laughs> We're all just hanging out, having a great time. Uh, Gregina and uh, and myself and, and Johnny are hitting it off pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. There, It's continued. She's, uh, she's, she's not hating me. No. She's kind of okay. like treating you... You definitely feel like a guest. Like you, Perfect. For some reason, you're also at the dais, and you should not be there. But, like, they kind of like you so much that you're that. just kind of, like, you're, like, standing over it and, like, leaning on it. But, like, everyone else is, like, sitting. They love me so much. I'm a welcome guest. Yes, 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 yes. Now, I would love to also say hello to uh, Alonzo and, and Greg. Sure. And, and, as, and congratulate them. Sure. Uh, as the guests who have just, like, run up and, like, sucked to a level up to them immediately and, like, run up there, um, it finally starts to, like, dissipate a little bit and there's an opening for you to jump in. Greg, Alonzo, hello. How are you both? Congratulations. And you see their eyes glitter for a second and they say, I know you. Who it, are you? Who is it? Alonzo says, I know you. And Greg says, I know you too. I cannot place where you, I know you from. You don't remember good old Johnny. And I give a wink. Oh, you're uh, giving a wink to them. So they say, Johnny Storm. And they're kind of like garbling. Stormborn, like, of Stormborn. course. You know, listen, 
friends, I know it has been an age. Forever. It has been an age. Listen, I was just talking to Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and we are so, so proud of the two of you. I want you to know, if you need anything, the Stormborns are here. We have had in the past some, you know, little tiffs, but only minor, because you and us, we're always, we go together, like, shoo up, shoo up, it up. Hinkity boop de boop, is that how the next, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, great. I want you, I, I, Edgar and Alonzo and Greg Shade, and shoop it boop de boop, of course. <laughs> I need you to make a deception check for them having tiffs in the past. All right, one more deception check. We can't just make things up to other characters without rolling for it. This is kind of a fundamental thing about D&D, that you can't just do stuff. Your actions and your abilities have to fit the stakes of the world. There are no stakes. There is really no fun. That's going to be a 17. All right, that's fine. That stays. And Alonzo says, no, of course, any friend of our family is a friend of mine. And I mean, you have just charmed my cousin so much, and I appreciate that. Uh, you don't have to do anything for me, but have a great time. And Greg says, oh, one thing you could do for me is try to find my sister, someone to, someone to shack up with. Isn't that right? And he kind of like elbows Gregina. He's like, you know, Gregina, you know how you should, how you need a husband? And he just kind of like pokes him, pokes her a lot. And she keeps that same smile that she had on for you on. And I don't think you have to roll an insight check to know what's happening here. <laughs> <laughs> And she has that smile that's just like kind of put on her face. Right. Sorry, is Maximilian the brother or the cousin? Maximilian is Alonzo's brother. He is cousins to Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Got it. Yeah. Don't bother, Gregina. It's your day. Let her relax. And anyway, I've already promised to go shopping with her another day and get her some fetching outfits. And she she keeps that smile on her face. And she just kind of looks at you. And she says... You know what would be grand if you could come and grab a drink with me over at the open bar? I love the, the punch that they're serving and the, the blue punch is my favorite, you know, but I'm looking for something different. Won't you escort me? And she holds her hand out to you. Of course, but let's make it quick. I have issues to discuss with Maximilian. Great issues. Issues of trade. And she <laughs> says, oh, you men and your trade... And she, you know, <laughs> the mouth, her smile gets only a little bit thicker. And she kind of grabs you by the wrist and leads you over to the bar. And she just holds up the number four to him. And it's like she has a connection with this bartender. And he just, like, pours her four shots of a bottle. He just kind of, like, grabs off to the side. And he puts two, the four, in front of both of you. And she says, I don't know about you, but I needed to get out of there. And uh, I guess... All four of these can be for me if you're not going to jump in and grab them. I would love one, and you may have the rest. I don't want to take away any of the party from you. All right, a lady gets three, and she throws all three of them back. I'd like to do a deception to make it seem like I drank it, but I haven't. Sleight of hand. Sleight of hand is a dexterity ability and kind of self-explanatory. If you swap out a deck of cards for a trick deck or you swipe a necklace, that's sleight of hand. Yeah, that's an 18. Uh, yeah, you. while she's taking the shots, you actually throw the shot over your shoulder. Like, not the full <laughs> glass, but you throw the liquid over your shoulder. And you, like, make eye contact with the bartender and wink at him. And he just kind of winks back. And you put the shot back down. And she goes, all right. 
Hadamak, help me out here. Ha! She she might seem like she can take a shot. She she is very she got drunk real quick, real fast. <laughs> uh, and she is kind of like she's automatically. You know how like shots are supposed to like work through your body, and you know how like digestion works. Oh yeah, generally uh, this thing has just like smacked her in the face, and she's like slurring her words quickly and like, oh, thank, I had to get out of there. Gregina, I, why do you have to get out of there? Do you not love your brother? I, I love he. I love Greg. He's he's great, and he found with Lonzo. But you know, Greg. He, Greg is younger than me. He's young. I'm I'm should be older than Greg, and he's younger than me. And you know what that means. It's crud. Uh-huh. Oh, it's this liquid crud. crud. I know it's crud. It's, it's crud, but cruddy. but it's his it's day. So Do you not? Are you not happy? I'm so. Happy. Don't I look happy? And she does a smile. She does a smile at you. you and look- she. She does. You don't have to do an insight check to know that she is lying now, but she's bad at it. You look pained in your soul, where there should be a light of happiness. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. And she kind of just slumps over on the on the on the bar. You shake her a little bit, and she comes back, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I'm hi. Um, yeah, I just I deserve to be first in line, you know." I interpret that as a threat. Yeah, uh, and I'm like, "Oh, Gregina, you will always be first in line in my heart." Bartender, grab her another three shots on me, Savannah Stormborn. If you have a question, ask Maximilian. Three shots for her, <laughs> and I make a beeline towards uh, Max. And the bartender pours three shots and puts them all in front of Gregina. And she definitely, like, grabs at one of them and is, like, trying to take the shot. And you also notice that as soon as the bartender does that, he books it to the kitchen. Whoa. And I'm sort of torn between do I go over and kind of supervise the, the dance or do I go back to the kitchen? Uh, but my uh, my tray is half empty, so I figure mm. might as well go back into the kitchen, check on Tracy, get some more drinks, and see where this uh, sketchy bartender is going to go. Sure. Uh, as the bartender enters, a, a wave of waiters come by you while holding the food uh, for the dinner service. And I want you to make a dex roll. Am I singing Be Our Guest, Be Our Guest? Yeah. 20. <laughs> So this right here is not a nat 20. It's not a critical hit. It was an 18 plus 2 modifier. Not all 20s are the same. This one wasn't as special as a natural 20, but it's still pretty good. Yeah, you just kind of like you bob and weave in between all of the waiters here, and you follow quickly behind the uh, bartender. Uh, You're now in the kitchen. The bartender and, oh, Tracy, what are you doing in the kitchen? Uh, I've gone back up to uh, Batali, and uh, I've asked him if he knows how to make chicken stock. He just keeps like <laughs> right the entire time. He just keeps like ignoring you and just like is going about his time and keeps like looking over to Charlene to try to take you take uh, her away. But he's not good at communicating, so it's like she does like not know what he's trying to say. She doesn't want to upset him, so she just kind of like goes ah, and like signals back, like those finger guns back at him, yeah, like yeah. all right, boom, it's, boom, boom. it's dinner. Thanks, yeah, boss. dinner service is fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and when the bartender comes, he kind of just like walks by you, Tracy. And Anara, you see this from the kitchen door. Yeah. He walks by you and he, he whispers into Fabius's ear. And quickly, they will both walk over to uh, where the black bread was. 
Uh, can I stealthily try to go reload my drink tray near the shelves? Yeah, stealth check. Ten. Yeah, you can get kind of close, but like you, you cannot get close enough to like get a really good read on what they're doing. Like, you try to get sneaky, but like they kind of they're like looking over their shoulder a bunch, and like you cannot get close to them. Okay, I tried. So I'm going to hang out by Tracy. You're, you're hanging out, yeah, kind of both in the same area. And you're watching um, basically similar to what you two did earlier. The halfling scrambles up the human's back, jumps up there, puts his hand in there in the shelf, and kind of like shoves it in his coat, and then he hops down. Uh, so as, they're, as they walk over there and, and put their hands in there, Tracy goes, Oh, hey, watch out. There's something up there. Yeah, they both look over at you, and they look pissed that you were, like, talking to them. And Fabius says, Sue Chef! And Charlene, like, kind of looks up immediately, and she says, Take this Devar damned robot out of my face. And he intimidates the hell out of her. And she just kind of shepherds you off to Charlene says, All right, buddy, let's... It's stay away from the from the head chef and kind of tries to pull you away. I was just trying to help. I know you. I know you were doing a great job, but it's like he's you know master's got to work. Master's got to work, and she tries to lead you out back towards like actually out of the kitchen, like towards where the lost and found is, and like out out into the courtyard. Okay. Um. So Anar's in the kitchen, right? Yeah, Anar's right there. Uh, can I, like, sneak her a glance and give her, like, very dangerous or, like, uh, very uh, suspicious eyes, like, panic eyes, like, do something eyes? Yeah. I I, I give you those eyes. Uh, okay. I, I probably want to follow because um, I, I don't trust that that uh, Tracy can kind of comport himself around humans quite yet. From what I've seen so far, he's, he's sort of uh, not so good at that. Um, sure. So I think I'll try to follow at a medium distance. Uh, and I see her start to try to follow me, and I say, Black Fred! Uh, uh, okay. Okay, I'm going to follow and just pretend that I need to do a smoke break or something. And, uh, yeah, you follow behind, and Charlene takes you out into the courtyard, and it's a beautiful starry night. And uh, Charlene just says, hey, you know, Tracy, you just got you gotta to tone it down maybe a little bit. Around Fabius, he, he's, I mean, he's very fastidious. Fabius is very fastidious. And he needs, uh, he just sometimes needs his space. Um, I, you just gotta let him go. Uh, I turn to Charlene and I say, Charlene, you've done nothing but good to me. And, uh, I take out the butt of my great axe and I try to hit her over the head. What? Non, non-lethal damage. Sure, do it. That's a 12. Yeah, you know what, she's only wearing chef's clothes and like a thing and you yeah you hit her you're also she's also very surprised that you turned on her like that and you whack her and she's down so armor class or ac is your threshold of damage people attacking you need to roll equal to or higher than your ac to land the blow ac is determined by a bunch of factors but you can think of it in terms of literal armor is the character wearing the equivalent of chainmail or a linen dress? In RSC's has happened and runs forward and says, Tracy, what are you doing? We don't have time. We have to go, we have to go figure out black bread. What does that mean? The, there's something going on with the pointy frogs and the head chef and the bartender. And I need to go stop people from getting pointed. Are you saying that you were poisoned by frogs? I I don't get poisoned. 
and uh, if you could help out Charlene, that would be great. Wait, hang on. Are you saying that the plot against the princes, there's something, there's frogs, there's a bartender, there's the chef. Is, is that what's happening here? Look, you, I don't know exactly what's happening, but I was a detective. And I have enough clues and enough evidence to try to go solve this crime. And I kind of like whip my, fla- my uh, cape around a little bit. Uh, okay. Are you down? Are you going to help? I mean, I guess I should go after the bartender. He did look kind of suspicious, and and you know, uh, Johnny gave me a little signal in the great hall. So why don't you just why don't you just hide yourself? It seems like you almost just murdered the the sous chef here. Oh, very very much did not murder. Very much did not murder. Okay, I mean, it kind of looks like it. So why don't I just go into the hall and and try to just make sure this bartender doesn't kill anybody else? Uh, I think we both need to try to sneak in the hall. You go first, though. Okay. Go. Uh, okay. So uh, Inara turns around um, and tries to sneak through the kitchen uh, back into the hall. Do I need to do any kind of check? No, no one's really in the kitchen because, like, they're kind of, like, prepping dessert. Everyone's uh, preoccupied. And there are no waiters out there because they're kind of, like, they already did their thing. So I'm pretty freaked out by Tracy. But, again, I don't know him or Johnny very well. So I'm just going to head into the great hall uh, and try to locate the the bartender and the head chef because they all seem to be out there. Tracy, what are you doing after Inara? So uh, after Anara goes back into the kitchen, I'm going to try to peek through the door uh, and try to see uh, what the head chef and the bartender are doing. Oh, they're gone. Okay, so I see they're gone. Oh, yeah, they're definitely – as Anara walks through, you notice that there's no one in the kitchen. Okay, so I am going to uh, proudly stroll through the kitchen with my shoulders held high and uh, and then peek through the door into the great hall. Okay, I'm going to regulate the time streams here for a second. Here is what Johnny saw. You go over to Maximilian. And Maximilian is very happy that Gregina is kind of like slumped over there and doesn't want to deal with that. So he's just like, again, he just like welcomes you over and be like, Johnny, what up? So I uh, I inform Max of the talk that we just had that I interpreted a threat on Greg's life. Mm-hmm. Um, or at the very least, a threat to Greg's happiness. Sure. I also tell him that as soon as she said that, the bartender started getting real shifty and ran off towards the kitchen. Um, and Maximilian says, all right, good. Yeah, good. Thank you. Good job. That's exactly why I needed you here. Um, where's Where are the other two? So I tell Maximilian that to the best of my knowledge that uh, my two companions were in the kitchen where the bartender went. So hopefully they might have insight as to what possibly could happen. Sure. Um, as you guys are chatting and talking, I want you to make a perception check. Three. As you guys are chatting, um, you two, this is when Anara bursts through the kitchen door and Tracy is sticking his head out. The bartender and, uh, Fabius have walked calmly through the hall and are now 20 feet from the dais. Oh no. And at this point, you only now notice and the, all of your time streams are now equal. And at this point, um, you see Fabius reach into his coat, grab these three frogs that he's holding in his hands. Uh, and Tracy uh, backs up about four feet from the door and then with the like biggest burst of speed he possibly can, runs to the door and goes, uh, Everyone look out, there's frogs in his coat! Sure, and, and I head toward the dais. With my shield uh, up. And at this point, Fabius screams, 
this is for the red throat gang. And he's now holding these three frogs okay. and is primed to throw them. Okay. In the moment he is about to throw the frog, so he has yet to find purchase in actually making it, mm-hmm. I would like to cast Color Spray. Sure. So, surprise, Johnny can do magic. Certain classes in D&D are magic users. However, like we said earlier, this isn't Harry Potter where you can just throw spells around whenever. There are defined rules in order to keep the play interesting. These are governed by physicality, meaning that spells affect a certain number of creatures in a certain physical radius. Johnny can also only do this level of magic a certain number of times per day. Johnny places his hand on the Book of Light and throws his hand forward, producing a dazzling array of flashing and multicolored lights, almost like a rainbow that flies over the newlyweds and in towards the assailants. That includes the bartender, the chef, and the three objects that the chef is attempting to throw. This causes blindness to those, uh, I guess, one, two, five creatures. I then take a bonus action with my other hand. All right, so usually fights are done in turns. An action is an opportunity for each character involved in combat to do something, whether that's making a punch, casting a spell, or even retreating or taking cover. A bonus action is tacked on to the front or the back of your regular action. It's really just like it sounds, a bonus that doesn't take away from the standard action, like punching or spellcasting. You can't just do bonus actions willy-nilly. They're only allowed when you have a special ability, a spell, or a feature that says that you can. And you can only take one bonus action per turn. As I lift it from the Book of Light, and I, on my staff that I have on my back, I touch the head of it giving it the effect of shillelagh, which is a magical effect on my quarterstaff, imbuing it with nature's power. So, in addition to the uh, uh, the bartender, the head chef, the three froggy things that it's about to throw, uh, you also blind a, a bunch of wedding people behind them. Uh, a bunch of guests are then just, like, shocked and blinded for a second. The uh, head chef, Fabius, is about to throw the frogs, and he then starts to throw the frogs. But he's also blinded, so he's doing this just like freehand. And he gra- he throws two with one hand, and that just goes totally in the r- in a wrong direction. He actually wings it so hard that it goes all the way to the left, actually towards Nessie. The, also, the tiny Nessie has disappeared because you are concentrating doing this other spell. And uh, the one frog just, like, kind of skitters over on a balcony. And actually, he throws it so poorly, it falls off the balcony. The other one lands at Nessie's feet on the platform. But the third one, it nails Greg right in the face. No! And he takes two points of damage. NPCs, or non-player characters operate just like player characters, a.k.a. the ones that we play. They have stats, they have hit points. However, the DM keeps track of all the characters who are not the players, the NPCs. What a hard job. Gee whiz. Eric is so... Wait, Eric, did you write this one? But he is also then automatically starts looking real pale and real bad. And at this point, even though he's blinded, uh, Fabius starts still is still chanting and says, Red Throat Gang, Red Throat Gang. And so does the bartender. But they are just like kind of chanting and walking around in circles. And they like cannot, they're very disoriented. 
And also, everyone is freaking out. So I'd, I'd like Tracy, as I'm running up to, I'd like to make a diving tackle of Fabius and the bartender and just try to knock him down. Sure. Why don't you make a strength check for me? Uh, 16? Yeah, you knock them both down because you get advantage because they're blind. Advantage and the opposite disadvantage are game mechanics the DM can use to acknowledge the circumstances in a situation. So let's say that your characters have the high ground, you get advantage. You're hungover, you have disadvantage. Instead of rolling one 20-sided die, you roll two of them. For advantage, you take the higher of the two rolls, and for disadvantage, you take the lower of the two rolls. So you like, you, they, you take them down, and they are fully under your robot strength. Yeah. Uh, arms, big, yeah. big muscle wood arms. I'm just holding them down, by yeah. the way. Can I try to pickpocket Fabius to make sure he doesn't have anything else stuck in there? Yeah, sure. Go in there. Slide a hand. That's a 15. Yeah, you, you go in there and he, you just kind of grab it. Uh, there's nothing in there but a red bandana, and he also has a dagger. Can I take them both and put them in the belt of my slightly loose pants? Yeah, go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm gonna, I want to scream out loud, uh, Johnny, help Greg! Johnny grabs his, sh- uh, his core staff that has been imbued with the power of shillelagh, which gives it a magical effect, to golf hit the frog off of Greg's, I believe it's his face. It's definitely his face. I it's, hope you're aiming good, attack, man. Yeah, make an attack roll. Not that's so a much. Tw- that's a 12. That's a medium at best. You <laughs> you hit the frog thing and just kind of like hit it off. It's not a very good hit, and you are so close to hitting Greg in the face. Yes. But you do not. I also yes. want to point out what you just did. You basically, like, stood up on this table and took, like, a big old golf swing on one of the most respective humans in this entire city-state. I will say, however, for those who aren't blinded, I looked fabulous doing so. As my as Yeah, my, okay, man. Let's see if we got out of this hole alive. <laughs> then we'll then we'll talk about how good you look. The bards will sing of this day, et cetera, et cetera, if we survive. All right. Here I want to set the scene here too. Everyone is freaking out. And I want to say there are four hundred people in this hall who are now like up and screaming because like there have been a burst of light. And this guy, even underneath Tracy, these two are still screaming basically a insurrection anthem. And they're just screaming this thing, and everyone, no one knows what to do. I just want to make sure that all the frogs are out of here. Um, so Inara is going to cast the, her cantrip Mage Hand, uh, which produces a hand, like a magical hand, that I can uh, you know, direct as I want. This is a cantrip. Remember from before the Harry Potter spells? You may have noticed that Inara just casts some magic. What? I know, I'm so cool. Well, some classes have very basic magical abilities. This is the magic equivalent of a card trick. It's useful for a few situations, but it's not like the bread and butter of your character. Rogues are allowed to know one cantrip, so Inara's is Mage Hand. And I want to scoop up that incapacitated frog, just that uh, that uh, Johnny hit with his shillelagh, sure. and just chuck it out the window. Yeah, sure. Um, why don't you make, on behalf of your Mage Hand, why don't you make a dex save to try to grab that thing? Mage Hand is me, and I'm in the Mage Hand. A saving throw is a check in response to something bad that happened to you. Instead of you checking to see if your character can accomplish an action, you're checking to see how your character fares against something happening to you. This is usually applied to saving yourself from getting hurt. Um, that is a 13. 
Sure. Yeah, that's enough to grab it. You definitely grab it and you, what do you want to do with it? Toss it out the window. Yeah. And it goes out the window. This like Great. earthly, I like to think it's like a Mickey Mouse hand. Oh, me too. And it like 100%. with the glove and it just like kind of grabs it and goes, yes. ha ha, and throws it out the window. <laughs> yep. Yep. It goes, ha ha. It goes, ha ha. It does. All right. Nice. At this point, um, everything is going crazy and like everyone is running around. The frog thing is wandering around and is like, it like grabs onto the owlbear, onto Nessie. And this is too much for this this beast. It is losing it. It like I said before during your net your nature check, it is like it is slowly getting more aggravated. There was burst. It is loud. No one is holding its rope anymore in the chaos, and it charges the dais. Can I use my mage hand to try to pet it on the head and soothe it? You can try. Sure. Why do you make a dex a de- another dex for that? That is an 18. Yeah, you get over there and you try to pet it, but it is in like a rage right now. It is just like aggravated that you have now touched it and it is getting more angry. Uh, Tracy yells out, Inara, use your mage hand on my back. Uh, okay. And so Inara uh, recalls the mage hand and directs it to just kind of karate chop um, Tracy on the back. Uh, and right as it's com- the main channel is coming at me, I quickly pull out my pair of manacles and I, I latch these to uh, the bartender and Fabius together. And the uh, uh, the, bar- the main chan hits me on the back and uh, suddenly my eyes go super light and then dark. Whoa. And uh, I am now in a, a state of non-consciousness, but uh, I immediately start charging the uh, owl bear. Uh, so my eyes are completely non-lit anymore. Uh, I am rushing as hard as I can with a uh, shield, uh, forward. And I try to basically side tackle this owl bear. Sure. Um, people are screaming as many people have you've ever seen looking around. And Alonzo is standing next to Greg. You're watching the color go out of his face. The person who he's just pledged his life to and that he loves so deeply. He doesn't know how this day could have gone any worse or what kind of God cursed him to have such a terrible fate. He looks around and he sees his family who's scattered. Um, He sees Nessie who is starting to charge and this robot thing that has come out of nowhere to try to tackle it. Everything is just too close. He then sees the Nectarias, who've also scattered, and he feels shame on behalf of Fidopolis. He knows the implications of everything. He then looks over at the two blinded and crushed Redthroats, who are continue to chant something that he feels personally responsible for. And all he wants to do is punch these guys and kick these guys and hurt them until... They move everything backwards. And he is getting more worked up and worked up. And he lets out just an angry, tortured scream. And at that point, his necklace then starts to spin. And time stops. And Alonzo is looking around the frozen scene, a perfect painting of chaos. And he looks out the window into a constellation of five stars, and he sees the center one, 
blink out. Join the Party is brought to you by Brandon Grugel, Amanda McLaughlin, Michael Fache, and me, Eric Silver. I am your host and game master. Brandon edits, mixes, and scores the show. Amanda manages our community and our digital life. And Michael archives, manual checks, and cartographs our world. Special thanks to our creative consultants, Connor McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Hetty Hunt. And special thanks to Zach Valenti for voicing the Fidopolis clergyman. The party doesn't stop here. Make sure you catch the after party where we sit down to discuss what just happened and learn what could have happened. Just tap the next episode in your podcast feed. Join our community online by following at Join the Party Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We've also got every episode up on our website, jointhepartypod.com. And you can email us questions or stories anytime at hello at jointhepartypod.com. If you're enjoying this ride as much as we are, help the show out by subscribing to us in iTunes and leaving a quick rating. For even more Join the Party goodness, check out our Patreon. Just a few dollars will get you access to drawings, character backstories, bloopers, and so much more at patreon.com slash jointhepartypod. We'll see you in two weeks. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.